You're listening to the Viral Volley Podcast Podcast. Now here's your host, Rob, on the mic. Hey, good day, everyone, and welcome over from the College Volleyball Weekly Discussion over at uh, VolleyballMag.com. And we got our usual crew on Dave Hunt of Pepperdine, Jay Hosick of uh, George Mason, and Dan Friend of Lewis. Always waking up nice and early, unlike me uh, this morning. But hey, you know, <laughs> I never claim to be perfect. I'm hitting 500 right now. Uh, hey, week 14 was a week full of a lot of action and some surprise results. But I uh, wanted to get your coaches take on what matches caught your eyes because essentially for some is the last week of conference play for some you still have uh one more week of conference play but we're looking at conferences and the ncaa tournament at this point so uh, i'm gonna start with uh dan friend of lewis so any results catch your eye in week 14 well our conference was uh certainly up and down for between thursday and saturday so you saw you know ball state have a chance to win league go into loyola and loyola you know beat them up in three. Uh, and I think Ball State's only won there once in like the past 15 years, give or take. And so, uh, and then there was this log jam of teams uh, and you saw a little bit of separation with McKendry kind of moving into third with their wins. Uh, but then you got to Saturday and it was us, Purdue, Fort Wayne uh, and Ohio State all kind of tied for fourth. Uh, and you figured they're going to Loyola. Loyola's probably going to win league. You know, they beat Ball State. Ohio State goes into Loyola and smokes them. And three, I mean, like, I mean, statistically wise, they were just, Ohio State was good. Uh, and Loyola didn't have an answer. And from what I understand, they kind of, you know, kept them off the net and they were doing some nice things. And so, so Ohio State ends up getting that win and we get through Lindenwood, but we have the head to head on Ohio State. But Ball State goes to Purdue Fort Wayne and they win that match. Then they win league and they win it in four. And the last game was tight. But so Ball State wins the Miva. Loyola has it kind of slip out of their fingers right at the end, which that's tough for a group of guys when they, they're right there. And then uh, McHenry is at third, we're at fourth. Ohio State's coming to us, Purdue's at six, uh, Lindenwood seven, and Quincy at eight. So our tournament field is set. So Look at that. I didn't have to read off the the, sta- uh, the seedings. Oh. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate it. No it's about time you contributed to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Working on it. So. Yep. Well, let's jump over to Jay over in the EIVA because that's a hotly contested one. You've got the standout front runner in Penn State, but I think the entire world is vying for second place in that conference. So, Jay, tell us what's happening there. Well, first of all, don't ever let the smooth taste fool you. Dan's a little happier than most that Loyola lost that match. So he's, he's, (laughs) he's definitely keeping it quiet over there about how excited he is about that. So, you know, the, the, the thing was, you know, Penn State's still Penn State. They're going to be the top. They're hosting. They're undefeated. They're, they're just really, really good. So we, we put them aside and, and compartmentalize them. We all thought that NJIT had second place locked up. Uh, and then there were some upsets uh, this past weekend. And all of a sudden, things got real interesting two through six. So, you know, now you've got. NGIT losing to St. Francis uh, at P- Pennsylvania at St. Francis and then losing the next night at Penn State now puts them at six losses. And now they're tied with Princeton. Uh, and Princeton is a-, a team that right now is firing on a lot of cylinders. They are really, really good hitting in a high clip. But the challenge we all thought was that Harvard was going to be the team that maybe would get third place. And Harvard this last weekend 
ran into a buzzsaw with nothing to lose and everything to gain named University of Charleston, West Virginia, who is uh, second from last in the conference, but played spoiler this weekend, beat them in five and a reverse sweep. And uh, Lachlan Bray and Vorberger, who had been kind of non-existent uh, in weeks prior, all of a sudden figured a few things out and beating Harvard at Harvard is not an easy task. They're a good home team there. So, you know, that all of a sudden causes some chaos. Princeton's now uh, at a win-loss ratio with three or four other teams. And then you got St. Francis of Pennsylvania fighting for spots. And we had had a couple of really good weeks in conference and fought our way into a tournament spot. So now we're in the playoffs. So all of us have solidified now it's going to be a real dogfight as to who can keep up the momentum and get into that second place spot. Cause the first and second seeds get a buy into the semifinals. Uh, and right now it literally is anybody's game. Uh, and it'll be real interesting to see uh, who comes out after this weekend on top. Uh, but regardless, it's going to be a fun tournament nonetheless. Yep. That number one seed and five number two seeds going right in. That should be a yeah. fun tournament to watch. Pretty much. Who, do, who does Penn State play this week? Uh, off the top of my head, I don't know. I was looking. I thought I had it down. They, I skipped them since they were locked at the number one seed. But uh, Charleston, Charleston. Uh, there you go. There we go. Oh, nice. Okay, so uh, let's. I got a job. I was wasn't drop in the conference. Carolinas first there because their conference is set. North Greenville at one. King at two. Mount, yeah, Mount Olive at three. Emmanuel four. Erskine five. Belmont Abbey six. Uh, Lee's McCray seven and eight Barton. And I think earlier in the year, we were talking, we were looking at Mount Olive and Belmont Abbey were at the top. And at the end, North Greenville pulls it out. So, uh, you know, with, since we don't have an analyst from the Conference Carolinas, I want to get your guys' take on what happened at conference this year. And we'll start with uh, Dan. Well, I was just going to clarify. So, one, so the seeds one and two get two round buys. Is that how it goes a little bit? There's two playing rounds and then it goes. Is that how? Yeah, that's interesting. So, uh, uh, well, I I certainly think we've talked about North Greenville and what they've done, and certainly Mount Olive might have a guy that's not uh, playing uh, that we thought was going to with them, and so that certainly does change dynamics on teams. But North Greenville has been great. Um, You know, I I think King might be the sleeper. Just so you guys know, I think Kim had some injuries earlier in the season. He's their opposite, and he's come in and done some nice things the past month. Uh, so you could come see those guys kind of play spoiler as this conference tournament kind of ramps up a little bit, but uh, should be good to watch. Awesome. Uh, Dave, any other thoughts or Jay on the conference Carolinas? Yeah, I, I just think injuries. I think Mount Olive is the team to be and some injuries have affected them. The scary thing is they, they could get healthy at the right time. I don't know the status of those. So. Yep. And Jay. Yeah, no, Aziz obviously being the big power hitter for Mount Olive uh, had a, an injury that has sidelined him for a while. And, and I agree with Dave, if he can somehow get back in at the right time uh, and get hot, there's, I think there's still the team to beat. I think it'll be them and North Greenville in the final. Uh, and, and listen, North Greenville has done a fantastic job this year and Fred's really coached them up well. And, you know, and he, and, and Dan's right. King is this is the spoiler alert. He could, they could be a team that, all of a sudden sneaks up on you if you're not prepared. And so I, I think it's North Greenville and Mount Olive in the finals. I wouldn't be surprised to see King in there as well. Yep. All right. The uh, next conference, actually the both the Western conferences seem like a mess, like the EIVA's uh, number two spot battle, but MPSF 
Luke was looking at the release and it said conference champions, UCLA, and the number six, the seven seed is Concordia, but two through six are TBD. So let's start with Dave here on uh, what's happening in the MPSF. Yeah, that is, that's pretty much all I know. I, and my head started to hurt when I was trying to do, all right, this team plays this team and, you know, who's going to win here? So I think, yeah, two through six is maybe a toss up. Maybe there's a little bit more separation between two, three, four, and then five and six. But um, yeah, we'll see. We know that we're going to UCLA in a week and a half uh, for the conference tournament. Everyone gets in the conference tournament. UCLA will get a bye. Uh, and we'll go from there. Yep. Any thoughts to add on those on the MPSF other coaches, Dan or Jay? Well, he's got, uh, you're at home, right, Dave, versus Stanford? <clears throat> yeah, we play Stanford and SC plays Grand Canyon. So I know that that's where it gets what happens in all, you know, all of those matches. And I think Stanford has moved up now above BYU, maybe. BYU if, is. If both home teams, home, you know, win their games at home there, do those, with those two teams, they'll end up uh, second and third. Is that how that would be then? I would think, yeah, if us and Grand Canyon, and then I think it would go down to a tiebreaker between us and Grand Canyon. You probably got to add up all the points that were scored. Did you guys split? Yeah, we split at their place. So, but then, so two and three, you know, it, it would then come down to who would play at that point. Stanford, I think, would then play SC if that situation happened. Uh, then, Grand Canyon, whoever ends up second plays Concordia, and then whoever ends up third would play BYU. Yep. All right. I hope, I hope Rotman, you know, doesn't take 90 swings on you because you're going to lose. Oh, he's going to take 90 swings. We're just going to ah. try to make sure that, you know, he doesn't kill the ball 70 times. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's I'm just taking up. notes. I'm taking – stop the swinger 70 times. All right. I got it. I just want to make sure. You know, Below and, and 70 just, is the goal. That's the goal. Well, and, and the weekend's matches coming up are potentially precursors to what the tournament's going to look like. You know, if teams don't do what they're supposed to, then there's potential that you're going to see each other the following week in the tournament. And as Dave always likes to say, he likes to see where the adjustments are made. And I, and I would agree. That's going to be fun to watch. And if certain teams don't make adjustments in the first match, they're going to have to make them in the second. And it's going to be real fun to watch. Yep. Well, let's jump to our other big, big uh, west or the big mess right now you know i was putting in some scenarios right now long beach state sits at first with a six and two record uh and then everyone else has kind of falls in behind with five and fours five and threes uh, but there's still two more matches left for most of the squads except for santa barbara and san diego who got a match on each other earlier on in the year um, <clears throat> but you know looking at what could play out that could be a mess as well if some uh, upsets occur now, will they be likely to happen? Probably not, but you know, I would have never called UCSD and UC San, uh, Santa Barbara in the conference or the uh, big Western finals last year. But that's why I have you guys discuss it. You saw the teams going at it this year. We still have a, uh, two more matches in conference play. You have a hot Hawaii team now coming out of this weekend, uh, Long Beach state coming off an upset loss to uh, UC San Diego in San Diego, Santa Barbara got beaten twice by Hawaii and Irvine got a couple of wins against uh, Northridge, which I mean, watching them play in two matches this weekend, they are a good team. They just, you can tell that month of training that they missed because of COVID uh, you know, effects or, or things that happened in their program. They're there. You got a, a middle Daniel Wetter who 
had 15 kills, zero errors until the 24th point of the third set that Irvine ended up winning and sweeping the Matadors. But they have a good bunch of pieces. I feel like, uh, and talking to Coach Campbell this last weekend, he's like, we're just going to go for the tournament run. You know, we missed that training, but we're we're good. I got some good pieces in place. I got a freshman setter who, and he he's making the case that he could be one of the best in the nation. And what I saw that night, the decisions he's making, um, Constable, Donovan Constable, mm-hmm. he definitely has the potential to be one of the top setters in the nation a couple of years into this, uh, his career there. So but I want to get your guys' take because you're seeing the play and the athletes going at it in the Big West. So we'll start with Jay. Well, I mean, listen, it, it, Irvine and Northridge are not bad programs. I, I don't think this is their year. Uh, I just don't think they have the weapons across the board. They can get hot, but I don't think those are the two teams that are going to make it far into the tournament. <clears throat> I think right now it's Long Beach, Hawaii, Santa Barbara, San Diego. Uh, and, and probably uh, out of that, I think Santa Barbara uh, and Long Beach will be the two teams that will make it to the finals. Santa Barbara is just sneaky good. Uh, and they've been that way for a couple of years. They got some guys that can just bring it. Uh, you know, and, and, and they're smaller players. They're scrappy. They run fast offense. Uh, they dig a lot of balls. And just Santa Barbara is just fun. I, I like watching them. You know, Hawaii is, is Hawaii. And obviously they've got, you know, Tella as their setter and he's really good. Um, you know, and they've got some, some nice pieces. Voss is a good guy in the middle and they got a couple other guys. I just don't think they have the weapons. Um, and Long Beach, listen, Nikolov is, is a man amongst boys. And I know he didn't have a great weekend this past weekend, but. Long Beach, when it matters, I think is going to be a team that is is in the hunt. If if and I've watched it, you know, read a couple of articles or not articles, but a couple of posts about, you know, Knipe needs to run the middle more. He needs to run the middle more. I do think it does help when you can keep your offense a little diversified. If he can somehow figure out a way to get the the middles a little bit more involved, that'll take some pressure off Mikolov when he has to perform and and uh, and maybe you know, then they can, they can make a deep run into the NCAA tournament, but that's my thoughts. Yep. Jump over to Dan. <clears throat> well, certainly uh, uh, the Santa Barbara, San Diego game is going to be good. I know they played once already, but uh, you know, I think those are the two, two teams that are capable of making a push. Uh, but Hawaii, I think is going to drop one at Irvine. They're going to come in and Irvine's going to get one from them, but you know, Long Beach is, is, it's going to be at the Long Beach, right, for the Big West tournament. No, it's at Hawaii, right? Hawaii. Hawaii. That'll be the tough piece, I think. So, where, but Hawaii. There's that elevation that Dan was talking about a few weeks <laughs> oh, ago that yeah. they got to worry about. Uh, elevation. Yep. So, negative anyway. elevation. So, but uh, it'll be interesting uh, to see the San Diego, Santa Barbara. I think they both play great volleyball, and uh, Kevin's got his group playing well uh, right now at the same time. So, yep. How are you, Dave? All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start making bold predictions for the NCAA tournament here. Hawaii has to win the Big West tournament or else they don't get into the NCAA tournament is my prediction. Now, I'm saying that because I think some other things are going to happen around the country. Looking at the MEVA, I think um, Ball State obviously is hosting, but I think Loyola ends up winning uh, the MEVA championship. Oh. <laughs> okay, well, we'll see. <laughs> I wish we could bet, but we'll see. Um I think that's what ends up happening. And I think Ball State gets in as an at-large because you can't leave out a team that only has four losses and beat Hawaii twice and all that. Um, And then I think depending on what happens in the MPSF tournament, um, 
SC probably has the strongest case for an at-large. Um, but it depends how they finish up here, right? They have to, if they get third or fourth in the MPSF, I don't think they, they can make a case for the at-large. So then they have to win the tournament. So, and if UCLA doesn't win the MPSF tournament, they're my other at-large team. So uh, Hawaii, I feel like, you know, they've put themselves on the outside looking in of the at-large of the bubble race. I, that's just my perception, but I also think they're going to win the, the big West tournament at home. So. Ooh. If you see San Diego has something to say about that again, or Santa Barbara last. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what makes it crazy. But, you know, I just don't know who bails Hawaii out when they're not playing well. So they had Rado last year. You know what I mean? And I don't know which guy, because Voss can't do it, which guy's bailing them out. Like, and that's the piece. I think Nikolai bails Long Beach out. Macaulay bails San Diego out. Um, so, not San Diego, but, uh, um, or who's Santa Barbara's main guy? Wilcox. 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 They, they each feel like they got a guy. You know what I mean? And so, I don't know. Who's Hawaii's guy? So, well, I think Hawaii I think Hawaii will play well enough to where they don't have to have somebody bailing out. I think they'll be a good enough uh, volleyball team to, to play consistent volleyball through the tournament. Listen, as a great coach once said, you don't win with great middles. You win with pins. Uh, and I think Hawaii – you know, Galloway's nice. He's a, you know, obviously a high flyer and he has a good arm, but I don't know if he's the guy that they can lean on at those moments. Yeah. Well, Spiros Hakas has been wanting to stand in the gap for Hawaii as well. And he's been a super freak on the block. He just gets really good reads and can stop that, that opposite attack of whatever opponent they're playing. Uh, but <clears throat> inconsistency is what has really um, hampered the team's performance, but they're, they got some really good pieces that can, uh, you know, put oh, pressure yeah, on teams. Yeah. Well, Sparrows was, I think he's better than uh, Chas. Do you know what I mean? So just in terms of the front end. So uh, I think yeah. Dimitri's kind of been, is that the opposite? Mucleus? Yep. Yes. Been a little up and down at times. And so, but, uh, yeah. Well, I was going to say, what matches are you watching this week? But I think honestly, with the way things are going for the tournament, we're watching everything. The uh, only tournament that starts is a conference Carolinas tournament. That's the, uh, the play in round. What about the court. Miva? Oh, I'm sorry. Wait, don't want to jump in. Miva conference. Uh, yeah, let's uh, let's look at that here. What's going to happen there, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we host Ohio State. Uh, Quincy goes to Ball State. Lindenwood goes to Loyola. And the one that, besides my own match, the match that's intriguing is Fort Wayne going to McKendry. Um, and so uh, I think uh, Rock's got his group playing pretty good, even though they dropped the four in Ball State. But uh, That'll be an interesting match, and there is no replay system down there, and that is the area we're talking about where there were some judgment calls possibly in our league this year, and so uh, we'll see if that comes into play at all in this uh, uh, in this match right now. But and we've got Ohio State, and they're hot, so it'll be. I'm thankful we're home, and I didn't have to go on a seven-hour bus ride. You know what I mean? In terms of so <laughs> your private jet. Come on, Dan. Well, I talked to Bird. She's flying here. I'm like, oh, must be nice. You know what I mean? So jump, on, <laughs> jump on their plane. You know what I mean? So. How far is that drive from Ohio State to Lewis? Six and a half, give or take. Yeah. Oh, my God. You're able to fly for a six-hour flight <laughs> or a bus ride? Wow, must be real rough out there. Feel for Dave you. Does, Dave doesn't know what we're talking about, just so you know. Yeah, Dave. I'm Dave, really confused. Dave just goes down the highway. And goes <laughs> he, Dave can't even watch a full episode of a TV show on his iPad in the, in the road trips he has to take. Uh, 
we all have to download numerous movies and shows and stuff and watch them on our iPads on our six hour bus rides while Dave gets to, you know, enjoy a coffee and that's it. No, if Dave takes the bus during a rush hour traffic through LA down to UC San Diego, it could take six hours. Oh, yep. <laughs> sure. Dave's not stupid enough to try to drive in rush hour traffic to go down to San Diego. There you go. There you go. We're going down to Torrey Pines early, hanging out. Yeah. You're going to find the 19th hole? <clears throat> yeah, I might, I might even go the day before just to check logistics, you know? So. <laughs> nice. Well, <clears throat> again, we're going, to, we're going to look at the matches to watch, but it seems like all the matches this week are going to be watchable worthy because with the Conference Carolinas, they're starting their opening round, Barton versus Erskine, and then Elise McRae over at Belmont Abbey. And they, they play in the, like the four or five seed versus and the six, seven seed in the next round, which is the following week. And then they go into their semis and finals. So, um, <clears throat> so if one tournament is hot and running, we've got a lot of races still to be determined here in week 15. But honestly, one of the matches I'm going to start off that I'm going to watch is Stanford Pepperdine because uh, in, there's pretty apparent, and I'm not saying because Dave's on the screen, but that team has like so much firepower at the pins and you got to love what Bryce Dvorak's doing setting-wise on that, that squad. And of course, Stanford, kind of the hot hand with the history of them coming back this year um, and Will Rotman's after his uh, performance last week, I think that he's such a great performer. We saw him first uh, two weeks of the season and I'm going, this kid is outside hitter potential for USA national team. Um, so I, I love seeing big bangers going at it. And I feel like this is going to be the big banger matchup between Jalen Jasper against his former team and Will Rotman of uh, Stanford. So, <clears throat> but I uh, want to get your guys' take. If there are any matches you wanted to drop in there, that would be must see, even though a lot of them are super important. We'll start with uh, uh, Dan. <clears throat> All right. Well, my own match. How about that? So. <laughs> Shameless. Nice job. Shameless. I, uh, I told you, I told you McKendry and Purdue Fort Wayne, that would be a match. Uh, certainly that I'm going to be keeping an eye on. So uh, outside of the Neva conference, uh, you know, I think uh, the UCB, UCSB, UCSD match, uh, that'll be exciting. See those guys battle at it again and go after it. So where's that one at? That's at San Diego. That's San Diego. Yeah. So, and I do want to see kind of how the Eva shakes out. I mean, there's a bunch of different matches there, so it's just, you know, does Sam pull Princeton? I don't know. They're all your tiebreaker scenarios because there's got to be a few, you know what I mean, in terms of that. So, but I think the Eva is going to get their tournament dictated. It'll be fun to see how that plays out for those guys. So, yep. how about you, Dave? <clears throat> Besides your own match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to pull Dan and say my own match. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, I, I'm sort of hot and cold on, I like watching the playoffs, right? So, Miva, but I also think some teams, like you mentioned about Campbell talking or even in the MPSF, I think you're going to see some teams, Hey, this is the last week for us to test some things out. Right. So we know we're in the playoffs, right. I'm not saying to us Pepperdine, but I'm just saying coaches mentality will be, yeah. all right, we're in the playoffs. We're going to have to play tough teams regardless. We have to make a run. So let's, let's see what we have to figure out about ourselves and then let's rock and roll in our conference playoffs. So I think you're going to see some coaches doing that. So it's sort of like, all right, you know, Playoffs are when it matters, and that's when teams have to show up. So I'll probably be looking at the Miva uh, and then looking at Conference Carolinas once they get down to the, their final four. Yeah. And uh, Jay? <clears throat> I think there's a few that I'll be watching. First of all, uh, Dan nailed it with uh, with uh, McKendry and Purdue-Fort Wayne. I think Purdue-Fort Wayne uh, is getting hot at the right moment. That could be a, a, a little – not an upset, but a little bit of a sneaker maybe. The other one to watch – 
Loyola Lindenwood. I think Lindenwood has it in them to maybe sneak one out. Loyola just got trounced by Ohio State. And the question will remain, and I know Dave's shaking his head no. Yeah, the question will remain, does Loyola, is Loyola licking their wounds right now and able to, to get back on track quickly and handle the Lindenwood team that has had a couple of good wins over the course of the season? Those are the two there. I'm uh, I'm really going to be interested in watching uh, Charleston against St. Francis uh, of Pennsylvania because Charleston has found a couple of things that they maybe didn't have over the course of the year. And they're playing spoiler right now. And that's kind of a fun position to be in. They're not in the playoffs, but they can make things a little bit uncomfortable for people. And for St. Francis at the beginning of the year had a good year, good start. And unfortunately, I've kind of cooled off a little bit in recent weeks. Uh, except for the win against NGIT, which was a big win for them uh, in a reverse sweep. They were down 0-2 and came back and won in their house, which is fun. Um, but right now, St. Francis of Brooklyn playing uh, against Princeton or NGIT, I think it's one of those two. If they could sneak out a, a win or two, that's going to jumble up a couple of things in the EIBA playoffs. Um, and you're right, everybody's fighting for that, that second seed. But I, I argue that the third seed or the sixth seed, which will be the first round playing against each other, are the better seeds to be in because if you go past there, you won't see Penn state in the semifinals, you'll get it in the <laughs> finals and that's a much better spot to be in. I think to go deeper into the tournament. And then you never know. Is that, is that what you're preaching to the team this week? <laughs> I like it. See, that's what I'm saying. So you just want to make sure your team's playing good volleyball. You're not so concerned about the result. Listen, That's what he, you're going to see this week. Yeah, the, the result is this, right? It, you, I, I have never and will never throw any match, ever. It's Correct. just not my nature. Yep. However, my job is to take my team as deep into the tournament as I can. And so when you look at the way the seedings are, do you want to be fourth and fifth? Well, you're just going to kind of just play each other anyways. But then the next round, you got Penn State. They're are, you not ho- are you not home if you're a fourth? You're, everybody is everybody's at Penn State at the final okay. uh, location. That's where ours is so much different. Like I Saturday, I'm playing to be home. I'm going to be home, right. or I'm going to be on the road. It's like oh, right. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah, we went the Big West model, but rather than have it rotate every year to some of the location, which I still understand how Hawaii's done it two or three times in the last four years. But regardless of that, the winner of the regular season gets to host the EIBA tournament, and so it's a Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, uh, and. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you want to you want to put your team in the best position to be successful, and if you can, everybody two through seven is beating each other already. So if you can if you can work a way to get into that round where you play a third or sixth seed, and then somebody else that you've beaten in the second round and get into the finals of the IBA, one match anything can happen. Do I think it's going to? I don't know. I don't think so. But you never know. Crazier things have happened. So your first match was an interesting topic. I'll bring up with you guys. So Parker Van Buren at Loyola, Nikolai at Long Beach, two freshmen that their teams rely on. Is there any other team besides those two in the country that are relying on a freshman to carry the load? But you can't you can't treat the Bulgarian as a freshman. His experience is well beyond freshman. And I got that, and that's a, a valid comment by you. But I'm just I think teams sometimes I'm curious with some of the teams that have these people in those positions and there's probably a couple other teams I'm not thinking of like how do those teams fare as they get to postseason where are the freshmen's legs or where are the young guys mentality wise uh how do they come along in terms of that because I think that becomes important things for those teams and like you say Nikolai's got the international experience so he's probably not phased I mean how does Parker handle uh with Loyola as Lindenwood comes in and where is his weight because he's carried he's done a great job for them 
uh, the entire year. You know what I mean? In terms of that. So yeah. Nick loves a beast <laughs> plain and simple. I, I don't think there's any other freshman in the country that can play that can carry that load. Um, I, mean, I haven't seen a lot of the teams on the East coast, but they're all pretty much upperclassmen. They Penn state, they all those guys are coming back. That was a big announcement. Don't remind me team. of that, please. <laughs> oh, what is Camden? Is Camden a fourth year freshman at GCU, or is that because I know he won? Pretty sure he cannot twice. win that award again. Just so you know. Okay, I was just I was just doing the math real quick. I'm, yeah, I'm not a math guy. Fourth year freshman of the year award. How about that? You can create that. Award. <laughs> nice. <clears throat> um, well, I, I wanted to add in some little news tidbits just because there's some things that happened this last two weeks since we didn't meet last week, but uh, Nikki Sandlin McHenry, 100th win. Congratulations to her. Um, great coach in that program. Uh, I know we confuse the coach here between Nikki and Dan here on the screen, but uh, <laughs> I think they, they look significantly different. So congratulations to Nikki. Also, um, uh, in some of the volleyball family, uh, I was looking at social feeds, Jesse Martinez, a very well-known, well-liked, well-respected referee, had a heart attack at a, a juniors tournament in Las Vegas, but um, <clears throat> he's recovering a massive, massive heart attack. And who was there to save him? Coach Brennan Dean um, of uh, Torrey Pines and Wave Volleyball. His uh, original court was five assignments away from where Jesse was assigned, who was just filling in at that tournament. But Brennan Dean went over and started applying CPR and was able to uh, save Jesse. So Brennan Dean, if you don't know who Brennan Dean is, he's coached a lot of the top, female players in indoor and beach and at Torrey Pines high school with the first state championship. So uh, good on, on Brendan and a speedy recovery to Jesse Martinez. Also um, court 21 debuted this last weekend at UC Irvine. I have to put that in there in my home turf, beautiful court, incredible story about Tim Vorenkamp, brother of Patrick Vorenkamp, who had a rare form uh, or Tim Vorenkamp had a rare form of cancer, uh, had committed to UC Irvine, uh, was diagnosed, continued to play through, and ended up passing what would have been his freshman year at UC Irvine. So the Vorenkamp family generously donated the uh, Teraflex that's now being used for all UCI volleyball. So um, missed all that information so you didn't meet, but you know, exciting news nonetheless, and we have more coming up. So uh, with that, I want to thank Dave Hunt of Pepperdine, Jay Hosick of George Mason, and Dan Friend of Lewis for coming on to College Volleyball Weekly, the Viral Volley Podcast Edition. Good luck this week, gentlemen, and uh, looking forward to the happenings in the next few, three weeks. Hey, y'all. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Viral Volley Podcast podcast. Be sure to follow Rob at Rob on the Mic on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or at RobOnTheMic.com. Check you next time.